0: G'day and welcome to Grad Chat. Your opportunity to find out about graduate research here at Queen's. My name is CJ the DJ and I'm your host for this week's Grad Chat. Of course, a show like this could not happen without the support of the School of Graduate Studies and a CFRC. So thank you to both of them. Now, if your mates miss the show at any time, you can download the podcast the next day on either SoundCloud or iTunes, as well as CFRC are doing their own podcasting, so they're going to put this show onto their podcast stream as well. So no excuse not to hear what our awesome students and postdoctoral fellows are doing. Now today, I would like to introduce you to Evan Keyes, who is doing a Master of Nursing Science under the supervision of Dr. Marion Lutke Flute. So welcome to GradChat, Evan.
1: Hi, Collette. Thanks for having me on.
0: Okay. So you're a lot quieter than I am. <laughs> We're going to get you going a bit higher than that. Now Evan is the third nursing student in this series, which rounds out the nursing graduate program. So I don't know if you knew that, but we've had two of your colleagues on from other programs. So that's been pretty neat to find out the differences uh, of the different uh, nursing programs that we have. So so what is the Master of Nursing Science?
1: So the Masters of Nursing Science is a research-based degree. It's uh, primarily meant to cu- uh, cultivate, Novice researchers, more geared towards a PhD track, okay, uh, looking more at that academic focus and more into that teaching role in the future, right. In contrast to the Masters of Nursing, which is uh, more NP track, nurse practitioner, nurse practitioner,
0: right, yeah. right, okay, yeah. So there's all these little uh, acronyms and um, that go around, and it gets a bit confusing, particularly with the nurse health practitioner mm-hmm. stuff that's in there as well. That really gets to me sometimes. Before I go into talking about your research i noticed in your listing of extracurriculars that you are doing a lot of different things right now um, coast guard queen's first aid and of course you are a registered nurse so can you enlighten us all about all of that and are you doing this all at once as well as your masters, or are you taking a bit of, you know, doing one thing with your masters at a time?
1: Uh, well, actually, over the past five summers, I've served in the Coast Guard doing search and rescue. I served for three years as a crew member and then two years as a team leader, a coxswain. Um, so I didn't do that this summer because right. I needed to focus on my studies and stuff. However, it was a fantastic opportunity, um, a wonderful. Thing to learn and a great group of people.
0: So, Coast Guard is that actually on the coast or in the lake? Like, so lake Ontario? I
1: work for <laughs> Central and Arctic region, or I work oh, okay. for Central and Arctic region. Um, and so in my role, I was on the Great Lakes, however, right. there are Coast Guard on the coasts, yes, yes, <laughs> uh, which, which would make which sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've worked on Georgian Bay, uh, the St. Lawrence River, the St. Clair River, and Lake Erie.
0: That's pretty awesome, yeah, I think I would actually prefer that to being on the coast, although I know Lake Superior can get huge waves and things, mm-hmm. so I think I'd rather be on a lake though than in the in the water, which is a bit more scary,
1: yeah, yeah, the granted northern Georgian Bay is uh, pretty unforgiving oh, is if, it? You're, <laughs> if you're uh, not prepared.
0: Mm. But, uh, sea sickness, here we come, or lake sickness, here we yeah, come. <laughs> yeah, um, and you're doing Queen's first aid because I see a lot of whether undergrad or grad students running around with their little red backpacks on, going from either event to event, or I think just every day, don't they? Someone goes around.
1: Yeah, so actually, Queen's first aid operates twenty four seven throughout the academic year and provides first aid assistance to all Queen's members, whether they be students, faculty, staff, um, anybody who needs assistance on campus campus and yeah we do have the red backpacks which are quite (laughs) the stand out quite the good look Uh, well granted we want to stand out because we want people to notice us they look
0: pretty uh, heavy though
1: uh yeah actually uh the supervisor backpack has an ad in it and uh that gets pretty heavy Um, i
0: bet but you go around in twos i mean you're just wandering campus waiting for a call (laughs) no Uh, (laughs) how does that work so
1: actually you're allowed to go anywhere on campus you want. So you can uh, still go to your classes. Yeah. You okay. you're expected to go to your classes. If you're <laughs> not going to your classes you're you're doing something wrong. But basically you have a radio on you and if you get called throughout that time than you are expected to respond to the call
0: and so the faculty if you're in a particular class they they realize if you got one of the red pack red backpacks if you get a call you're out of there
1: yeah exactly we try to have the ear set uh one so that it doesn't go off in the middle (laughs) of the class and let everyone look at us in our little red backpack but uh (laughs) And I guess it's a,
0: if it's a tough class, you're thinking, come on, someone, yeah. someone call me, someone call me. Yeah,
1: you're not allowed to take shifts during exams, so uh, oh, during idea. your exam. Your so exam. unfortunately, I won't be saved by the bell on that one.
0: Good try. <laughs> Very good try. I think a lot of people would like to try and do that. It's a good way of getting out. So I guess we should get back onto to what you're actually, why you actually came here. Mm-hmm. So why did you choose to come to Queen's to do your Master of Nursing Science and why why did you want to do it in the first place other than perhaps as you mentioned earlier that you're thinking of going on and doing a PhD?
1: Uh, Yeah a PhD is a definite projection track for me. I primarily came to the Masters of Nursing Science program because I know that later in my career I want to get into health research and development with the Canadian forces.
0: Oh, okay. Right. And
1: so I felt as though the PhD track was the best way of of going about that, right. um, the Canadian Armed Forces currently doesn't use nurse practitioners, and so I thought that that would be the more applicable route for right, me. Right, There's a variety of schools throughout Ontario and Canada that provide the research degree. However, I chose Queens because of the supervisor that I have. My supervisor is absolutely fantastic, and I know that everybody says that, but
0: uh, it's nice to hear. Though it's good. <laughs> yeah, but but
1: uh, truthfully, she is. She is fantastic. The Queens community is fantastic. I didn't go to undergrad here. Um, I had a couple friends who went here. And coming here and seeing everything, I I really understood that the people that went to Queens, like, bled tricolor. Like, they love the school.
0: (laughs) Yeah, once Um, you're a tricolor, that's it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and then a variety of other factors. I've worked in Kingston before. And... I guess
0: RMC being so close is yeah. that a factor as well? Yeah,
1: I worked. I worked at RMC for two summers teaching sailing, and I also was interested or am interested in working with the Canadian Institute for Military and Veteran Health Research, which is right, because, here at yes. Queens and at RMC. Correct. So. Just trying to—that's that's that's good, though, because you
0: can see some crossovers that you can do as well with your your research. So, Mm -hmm. I guess we should get on to that topic, which is the integration of virtual simulation into undergraduate nursing training in resuscitation science. And I, I can actually see a lot of this with your Coast Guard work and stuff that you've Mm -hmm. been doing, um, and uh, your Queen's First Aid, and then of course we do have a good nursing program. nursing program here as well so tell us a little bit about that you know why did you get into that particular topic
1: so uh i knew that i wanted to get into something with resuscitation science just because it intrigues me i'm an emerge nurse and so um critical scenarios and stuff are kind of the, the fun aspect and i know that that sounds bad, but uh, <laughs> it's it's what you train for and you want to... He's
0: waiting for the emergency. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... Um, Someone's got to do it, though.
1: Somebody's yes. got to do yes. it. And uh, so I... I like to be prepared and like my colleagues to be prepared and stuff. And there was a gap in the literature regarding the topic of resuscitation training as nursing schools get larger and larger and placements become more and more difficult to find um, or high quality placements Mm -hmm. become more and more difficult to find. Uh, Nursing students aren't inherently getting trained for those high acuity scenarios as well as they should be. And so we addressed that gap. And hopefully, uh, through the creation of our virtual simulation game, we can prove that um, the modality of virtual simulation gaming will be able to assist students and schools and educators uh, get to that level where new graduate nurses can safe and effectively practice when they enter their career.
0: So I'm, I'm assuming that when you're talking about emergencies and things, so it's like the AMBOs, sorry, what do you call them here? Paramedics? paramedics yeah <laughs> i mean i know you're talking about training for the nursing mm-hmm. program but are you hoping down the track that some of this could also be used for the um, paramedics as well as the defense forces the yeah. firemen yeah that sort of absolutely. thing so like all those sort of groups first responders i guess i'm looking at
1: yeah so uh the virtual simulation game that we have designed is geared around basic life support and advanced cardiac life support so absolutely paramedics nurses doctors even dentists take acls and so we uh we're gearing it towards those mid to high level providers and hoping that it it benefits patient outcomes in the long run
0: have you seen have you seen this virtual being used somewhere else or the simulation being used somewhere else
1: actually it's been done in in commonwealth countries such as Australia, New Zealand, um, the UK. And then there's also Korea, Japan, China that okay. are doing it. Right. There's a bit in the United States, but um, in Canada, it's actually my supervisor, Dr. Marion Lactar-Flood, who's primarily been driving the virtual simulation and that sort of modality through the Canadian Simulation Alliance, which uh, she is the former president of.
0: Ah, okay. So let me just check, though, that I'm on the same wavelength. So when you're saying virtual simulation, is this a computer-generated thing?
1: So basically, the, the best way to describe it is that we allow nursing students to play video games and see, see when... <laughs> you
0: can get all sorts of people signing up now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah we let them play educational video games uh, Educational,
0: that's very important <laughs> and
1: see if they resuscitate patients better as so, a result
0: so how do they do the actual resuscitation or just say they've got to go in at this particular point
1: so basically the preparation is a 15 minute game it's right. kind of like a choose your own adventure book you go through and there's questions followed by short video clips that either redirect you back to the question if you got it incorrect or you get to continue on if you get it correct. Right. Even the incorrect answers have video clips after them that provide a rationale as to why that's incorrect.
0: Okay, that's good.
1: So you get through that scenario, and then now, in order to evaluate it, we are preparing for a study where fourth-year nursing students will be asked to go through a resuscitation scenario with a patient who's in ventricular fibrillation, which is a type of cardiac arrest.
0: Right. So up until the stage then, it's just you present the scenario and they go about it, Like, like some of the testing for students going into med school they get six scenarios or something and they're and they're, the, the testers are looking to see how they react to that particular scenario but that's very hands-on so this one they can sort of self-monitor themselves going through with the virtual simulation you don't actually have to be there you can go and see the results but you don't have to actually be there is that the point so the so pr- more of them can do it the
1: preparation the- absolutely that's mm-hmm. the that's the desired effect is that they can do it themselves they can do it over and over and allow them to gain as much knowledge from it as possible we still want to do the hands-on resuscitation training Mm -hmm. because we recognize that we can't replace the hands-on training it needs to be an adjunct but we think that it's a highly effective adjunct and something that's going to bring us hopefully leaps and bounds forward in terms of training and getting students ready much much faster.
0: So if it's just a video game then because this is one of my questions I I say setting up a virtual laboratory around the country can be be potentially expensive but maybe it's not as expensive as I think it is because it's just a video game so is this a concern at all or?
1: So it depends on the style of virtual simulation game that you're trying to create as we move forward and as we progress we're going to get into augmented reality and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. We're not at that stage here at Cleans yet, but that's kind of the way that everything's going. And so that becomes more and more expensive. However, the work of Dr. Thomas Rotter, who's one of the professors in the nursing program, uh, has proven that virtual simulation in the long run is actually much more cost-effective than hands-on simulation. right? Because you've got your upfront costs of all the creation of the video, Video games all the computers and stuff that you need however long term you're not having instructors needing to come in and teach every and time. do it over every time right. you can constantly reuse it students are allowed to use it as many times as they want without penalty whereas with hands-on simulation you either get one or two chances and, and then, then your it. time's up and right. you're gone
0: yeah, and as we know, the more you practice a particular scenario, the more automatic it should be when you, if you are actually faced with that.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, with your research then, because obviously, well, two things: you say it's been currently being used um, elsewhere around the world. So, I'm assuming their results are being good. They, or they just assuming that the results are good, because <laughs> this is where your your research comes in is it worthwhile to do it this way?
1: Yes, so the vast majority of literature shows a positive trend towards the fact that virtual simulation gaming is an effective tool in in teaching undergraduate nursing students, medical students, and a variety of other health professions. There is some gaps in the literature regarding inconclusive evidence and poor examples of of evidence. And so we are particularly concerned with making sure that our study is done by the book, is done well has the appropriate sample size, has the appropriate control measures in in place because we are gonna be doing a randomized control trial. So that's generally held to one of the highest standards. And so, we're going to try to ensure that we meet that standard so that our results can be viewed as positively as possible. So you're
0: going to use current Queens undergrad nursing students?
1: Yeah, actually, so the the 4th year class of the 2018 to 2019 academic year right, yep. is going to be the
0: guinea pigs. <laughs> I was I was going
1: to say that, but then I was like, I'm going to go with participants. Um, like guinea pigs. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be the they're the, the pilot. The <laughs> the participants and they're going to go through it with us and hopefully benefit from it and uh...
0: So I'm assuming though with that class, are you going to say only half of you are doing it this way and half doing it the other? Because you've got to be able to show the difference or or if there is a difference.
1: Yeah. So with a randomized control trial, you always have to do a control group and an intervention group. However, because there's no additional cost to us, we've already created the game. The game's already online. Okay. It's a waitlisted control trial, meaning that students who are put into the intervention group are given the link to the game and then students who are are put into the control group are expected to do their standard studying. Right. Um, which the control, sorry, the intervention group has to do their studying as well. Right. However, they get in addition the game. And then they're gonna do the, the hands-on simulation. And then after the control group will be provided access to the game. In I was gonna order.
0: say, because otherwise they'll be feeling a little bit gypped if they don't yeah. have a chance to do yeah, it too. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> so, so how do you test it though? Because you have the um, the virtual simulation and you have the hands-on simulation, but it's you can never really test it properly, I don't think, until you've actually been put in the the, the actual scenario. Mm -hmm. The real thing. So how are you gonna test whether, is it just them saying to you, you you give them a a verbal scenario and they come up with the answers because of what the training that they've done or is it more to it than that?
1: So actually it's uh, considerably more extensive. We have a mannequin prepared that will be in ventricular fibrillation and they will be expected to go through the ACLS and BLS algorithms. That's hands-on application of their knowledge. Mm -hmm. There's gonna be two confederates that they will be the team leader for and they can tell... Uh, those Confederates to do, to do what they need. They will have uh, physician oversight because we don't want to confuse nursing students regarding their role. However, the physician will be asking the students, what do you expect to happen now? And right. then, because in order to be a safe and effective nurse, you need to anticipate things appropriately. And although you're not the one ordering the medication, you need to know what medication should come next right, or right. what uh, activity should come next. So we have a 12 section list of uh, competencies that we'll be uh, observing them while they go through the algorithm and seeing if they hit those competencies or not and how long it takes them. And then we're going to do various statistical analysis on that.
0: So I guess some of the scenarios, though, uh, both within a hospital setting as well as outside settings, is that correct? So when you do your scenarios?
1: So in order to make it in a, a feasible master's project, we have to do it within the so school. So like
0: more like a hospital type setting? Yeah, yes. yeah.
1: Um, however, it does have application to the pre-hospital care um, that would be provided by a paramedic. I can't really see applications for our game outside of that just because we're at the advanced cardiac life support level so you're pushing medications that regular civilians wouldn't Wouldn't be allowed uh, to have or so even in
0: community health clinics they wouldn't have some of that stuff available
1: they potentially could if they're well prepared and they have the appropriate knowledge skill and judgment right However, most clinics I don't think have a resuscitation cart with with uh, <laughs> medications and stuff that they would need.
0: It'd be nice to think that they did, <laughs> because and I guess down the track, I'm always thinking down the track is that I mean one thing you want to do is keep people out of emergency yeah as much as you can so if some of these things can be done off site
1: yeah granted if they're in this situation which is ventricular fibrillation they need to be in the hospital because they're in cardiac arrest
0: okay got it (laughs) note to self (laughs) when in cardiac arrest go straight to the hospital. yeah go to (laughs) annie see i'm hoping i'm never going to get to that situation but i could have people who do so Mm
1: -hmm. that's
0: good to know so what do you think is the largest you anticipate being the largest benefit of doing this training other than perhaps the retention or being more prepared i mean what else what else do you think this research is going to help
1: so outside of that is largely the access to it because particularly the game that we've created the only thing you need is an internet connection in order to access it so high fidelity simulation or hands-on simulation can be extremely expensive and extremely difficult to access for countries outside of western nations right and so if We were able to help other developing countries and stuff with their training through virtual simulation where all you need is an internet connection. I know that in certain countries, (laughs) internet connections are also a difficult thing to find. But um, if we are able to get that, we hope that the access to it would be uh, greatly improved and then... um,
0: I actually think even within Canada, because I, mean, I know you're talking about this is part of training of undergrad nurses, but could this not also then be used for uh, retraining or refreshing for nurses who are around the country, up you know up, up um, in the Arctic section where there's not a lot of other stuff available, sort of smaller communities? This would be a, a good way of, of doing a refreshers, wouldn't it?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that is a fantastic idea and something that we have considered that uh, continuing medical education or continuing nursing education uh, would greatly benefit from this because it provides a fun way of doing it. Right. Um, obviously every year nurses are expected to go through certain modules and click, click, click through right. all this stuff. Just and to make sure. Yeah, whether or not Remember. they pay attention to it is another story, but.
0: But if they're getting, if they're getting assessed on it.
1: Yeah, and also if it's enjoyable. That, mm-hmm. That's the idea behind the game is that you're you're interested and you're intrigued and engaged in it right. and, and uh, that it's kind of more of a fun thing to do rather than just, oh, it's work training kind of thing.
0: I could see a whole new field of computer programmers working on scenarios just for the nurses.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Healthcare in general is mm-hmm. such a massive industry that uh, as we move forward and as we get more and more advanced in this field, they will uh, be more and more required to create our simulations, them being the computer scientists.
0: So once your research is over, because this is a master of nursing science, is this something you want to continue over into a PhD?
1: Yes, potentially. I uh, am very interested in continuing in the field of resuscitation. I'm looking at potentially uh, military projects and stuff like that regarding aeromedical evacuation right. and some other sort of stuff for larger scale projects that you would require a PhD for. Right. Um, and so I'm hoping to stay in the field of resuscitation mm-hmm. science. That's good. However, potentially going down the virtual simulation route, but I also don't know who my supervisor is going to be <laughs> or what program I'm going to go to. So sometimes like my supervisor now is very, what I wanted to do is what she was very supportive of but i've also heard of supervisors who are less like that and so i i can't anticipate but i hope to stay in the field of resuscitation science and potentially move forward with virtual simulation so
0: once once your master's is done the results from that is it what's your hope from from just that project what's your hope
1: my hope is that it will get published. Uh, we're looking to publish either two or three times this year regarding right. um, the work that we're doing. And hopefully we're just getting greater awareness in Canada. It's largely been Queen's University that has been doing this style of work. Okay. And so when my my biggest criticism when I did a literature review was that Queen's was the only Canadian school that was really doing it. Nice. And then I'm thinking... Right it's a little hypocritical that i am that queen's (laughs) doing doing it it, but 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 still like we need to increase that awareness so that other schools start picking it up and recognizing how how effective and efficient it is
0: so are you hoping that all nursing programs in canada down the track will use this
1: yes absolutely it's a it's a very positive adjunct and we we hope that other schools will integrate it they don't have to integrate it the exact same way we do Mm -hmm. but just as long as they're using uh current evidence and best practice to implement it we're we're happy with that
0: And then the other groups that I mentioned earlier, like paramedics and and the defense forces, which of course you want to do more work with anyway, are you hoping that they will also pick it up for their own training?
1: Yes, absolutely. I believe that the Canadian Forces is already doing stuff like this. Okay. Um, one of the professors that I TA'd for last year was explaining it to me. Her husband is involved in the forces and works for the Air Force. And so she kind of knows that area. Right, right. And uh, she believes that they're sort of doing similar stuff. So hopefully they just continue to grow their program. And similarly, programs like paramedicine and medicine and all the other healthcare specialties pick it up as well
0: okay that's that's pretty good i think you've got your work cut out for you and i say that a lot of times because uh with this particular area of course it's life and death someone potentially (laughs) nasty thing to think about but if you can get it right and get people making it more automatic i think that's going to be fantastic i always think myself you know it's it's the repetition it's the repetition as you mentioned it's hard to do those sorts of repetition of those scenarios if it's just Mm hands-on because you don't have the time you probably don't have the facilities you don't have the staffing for it so this is a great way for our students to get lots there's no excuse not to get a lot of practice to be perfectly honest
1: Mm -hmm, exactly and especially nurses who don't inherently work in emergency or icu Mm -hmm. your expectation is that you do cpr once a year and so
0: and that's hard to keep you know as a first aider that's hard to keep those sorts of things up if you don't keep practicing
1: yeah exactly Um, you have to
0: keep redoing your certificate for that don't you
1: yeah, for courses like that, uh, evidence shows that you only retain that knowledge for about six weeks after you do the course. And so <laughs> yep. hopefully uh, hopefully, with the integration of virtual simulation, we'll be able to elongate <laughs> those, those knowledge <laughs> yeah. gains for a little longer and hopefully get uh, better patient care.
0: I think uh, you could, I mean, this is probably not the way to do it, but you could have a, a, a games between the nurses versus the, the doctors versus the defence forces versus the ambulance or paramedics, sorry. Mm-hmm. And... Who does the scenario the best? Yeah. You can have yeah. a challenge.
1: So actually uh, Queen's University School of Medicine does recess rounds, which oh, was do? like a recess Olympics. And perfect. They they do it in a very intercollaborative way. Right. So the teams are have like a physician and a nurse and, right. and the well, teams. Oh that makes just sense go, because have,
0: that's the normal scenario, isn't it? Yeah, yeah you're yeah. not alone.
1: And uh, and that apparently was quite fun. It was a little before my time, but
0: uh, I think they should bring it back. Yeah. I think it'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so with that, we've come to an end. It's awesome what you're doing. It really is. Thanks. Um, I've I've got. I'm a big fan of nurses because my sister's a nurse. I know I've said that a few times, (laughs) but I know how much you all do. And uh, this sort of research, I think, would be fantastic. Thank you for sharing that with us. Best of luck with it. Hopefully, you'll continue on with your PhD because that sounds fascinating too, particularly with the defence forces and what have you. So well done that. And so thank you very much for coming on the show.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure.
0: So that's it, everyone. Another week of Grad Chat suddenly comes to an end. Don't forget, you can download the show tomorrow from either iTunes or SoundCloud. Just type in Grad Chat. Until next week, this is CJ the DJ signing off with a big hooray.